Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Paul is the author of three best-selling books, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, and his brand new book, 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care. Now available on Audible and narrated by Mr. Producer. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to today's program. This is going to be a fun one today. We have Max Markovich from Northeast Ohio as our special guest. Max has been in the industry for quite a while, working for some large companies, and now he's running his own business, does some very high-end homes, and uh, he's learned a lot over the last couple decades in this industry. And he has a claim to fame that he grew up with LeBron James. That's right. They went to the same high school, Akron, St. Vincent, St. Mary's. And while LeBron was gaining national attention in high school for being such a phenomenal basketball player, Max was soaking it all in as the team mascot. That's right. He was the uh, Akron, St. Vincent, St. Mary fighting Irish leprechaun guy that, uh, mascot. He, dre- he, you know, he dressed up and would do all the theatrics when LeBron would throw down a dunk and all of that. So he'll share about that as well as what he's learned from working for very reputable businesses, as well as uh, having his own business here. Uh, he's, he's learned a lot and has some really high-end homes. He's going to share some tips with us about professionalism, pricing, so much more. I'm looking forward to picking Mac's brain today. Thank you to our show sponsor for making all of this possible. That is our friends at Jobber. If you're looking for a CRM to run your business, the CRM that I've been using the last few years is Jobber. They make it super easy having all your information centralized in one place. My favorite feature of using the CRM Jobber to run my business is how simple they make the invoicing and billing. So my process typically includes me sending out a proposal to a client. Once they approve, I immediately hit them with the invoice. And then I can see when they open that invoice or if they haven't opened that invoice. So there's no more their word versus my word versus, you know, oh, the check's in the mail, blaming it on the post office. No, 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 no. I I know what's going on electronically, if they saw the invoice or not, and then they can just pay me directly online and makes it super simple to get paid faster. Plus, What's convenient is if you're doing reoccurring work for a customer, then you can actually get their card on file and, you know, get it in writing, of course, that, you know, they know and expect when you're going to charge their card in the appropriate amount. And then all you got to do is log in the jobber and you can use the desktop. You can use the app, you know, go ahead and charge their card on file. It's so simple and uh, really helps change the cash flow. So we're not robbing Peter to pay Paul and chase down money. But uh, we can make sure that our cash flow is in order and things are running efficiently. And Jobber makes it very well organized um, to kind of quarterback our business all in one place. So you can learn more at getjobber.com forward slash Paul. Mr. Producer will put that link in today's show notes. That's getjobber.com forward slash Paul. Well, without further ado, let's hear the story of what Max has learned about business as he's been at this for a while in the lawn and landscaping industry. Yeah, sure. I guess uh, so. My name's uh, I'm Max Markovich. My uh, the business currently is called Moonlight Property Management, and uh, you know I reached out to you because really I'm the flip side uh, of a lot of guys. You know, I guess including yourself that kind of went into it. 
you know, no experience or very fresh. You know, I started when I was 15 years old. Uh, I wanted to buy a truck. So I called my, uh, my sister's best friend's dad who had a lawn service that had been in business for 50 years and, uh, you know, started working with basically a legacy company in our area that had been around for, uh, 50 years. So, you know, when I started out, um, basically was working for, you know, like a premium brand, um, in our area, you know, so we did everything, uh, you know, everything was very slow, old school, very detail oriented. And, um, you know, uh, one thing led to another and I was going to work there till I got into college. And then I was going to just work there for a year of college. And then all of a sudden I was graduating college with a business degree and I went, Holy smokes. Uh, what am I doing? You know, um, you know, what, what is my trajectory? I spent five years in business school. What am I going to do? Where'd you go to college at? And I went to the university of Akron. And, uh, so my degree is marketing and sales, which, has served me well as a business owner. Um, you know, got some good basic accounting, finance, uh, marketing, advertising, and uh, you know that was going to be it. I was going to get into advertising, get out of this cutting grass thing, and um, was starting to get panicky about it. And I remember talking to my boss, uh, you know, Tom Brighting, who I worked for for 17 years. You know, I got to get out. I got to do something. He looked at me and he said, "You're scared of people telling you you only mow grass for a living." He said, I, who cares what anybody thinks? We make a lot of money. You're good at it. You know, you're scared. And, you know, and I was, I didn't want that perception of, oh gosh, I'm just the laborer. Oh God. You know, but, uh, the lawn guy, you know, you're I, the lawn guy. I'm the lawn guy. And I, you know, that same summer I had that conversation with my boss and then I went and did work at a friend's house who's still a dear friend of mine. Uh, my friend, Mike went to Harvard. He lives in New York city. He works on wall street and his dad was an anesthesiologist. And I went to their house and he needed my help. And I said, you know, doc, what's up? And he said, yeah, I'm an anesthesiologist. He said, I don't know how to do anything else. He's like, you know how much I need somebody like you to help my house look like a house. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing. And you know, those couple instances clicked with me that, you know what, this is fine. I love what I do. You can help a little bit of everybody and, um, you know, kind of kept me on that path. So, um, you know, from that point, I thought, well, I need to go, I need to try something new. You know, I've got a business degree and, uh, I actually reached out to uh, Todd Pugh that owns Enviroscapes out of Louisville. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you're familiar with Todd. At the time they were in line and landscape, he had five branches. He had invented the mulch mule. They had this corporate structure and uh, honestly cold called Todd and, uh, you know, got an interview and, and worked for them for a couple years. So um, with that experience, all of a sudden I took my love of lawn and landscape. Then I sat in, I was hired in as a branch manager and we had budget meetings and we had monthly meetings and quarterly meetings. And I went, holy smokes, I can use a business degree to run a lawn service, you know? And it was really that aha moment of, oh, wait a second. You can utilize all the stuff you learned, still do what you love and figure out a hybrid of, you know, the multi-million dollar business to the owner operator. This is awesome. So yeah, so you're advertising sales marketing, you, you're implementing to sell your services of lawn and landscape. I grew up in Canton, Ohio. So Loose, Looseville, you know, that was right over the, you know, couple back streets over uh, you're in Looseville. That's right. So what did you learn from those budget meetings and actually seeing 
the professionally run, you know, number oriented business side of things for a company that's actually doing things the correct way. Well, sure. You know, when you work for, and me, you know, I'm a small business. When you start with a small business, you know, to a degree, you know, we're always playing from behind. You're always guessing, guessing, you know, you're always kind of, what did we do? What are receivables? What did we do? What are receivables? You know, I went to a large branch doing a high dollar amount a year. Well, they had predicted their receivables for the upcoming year. They had budgeted expenses accordingly for the upcoming season. You know, and I said, whoa, you know, wait, wait a minute. You're budgeting for what you can buy next year based on signed contracts and predicted receivables. You know, wait a second. I learned this in, you know, corporate accounting. You know, oh, this is what this means. Um, you know, it wasn't throwing a dart at the wall. Boy, can I, I hope I can afford this standard X. You know, they knew. They knew that at the end of the year, we were going to purchase X pieces of machinery for the next season because of, you know, the dollars put into this account, you know, and it really was an eye-opening hybrid for me to work for a reputable lawn and landscape company, you know, that has a very, you know, rigorous, you know, corporate structure. What else did you learn working from them that you think can help? Because a lot of guys that listen to our program, we, you know, we start off as glorified uh, truck in the trucks or weekend warriors. And, you know, figuring out all this business stuff and, and, and kudos to you for going to the, to the Akron zips and getting the, um, traditional, uh, marketing and sales degree. But the majority of folks listening to you right now, we don't have that education. We're, we're sure. learning through the school of hard knocks. What are some things that you learned from working for that legitimate company that you think you could, could share that would help guys, uh, maybe curb the process a little bit? Sure. Well, you know, I guess a big thing for me, which, you know, I was lucky that, working for a small company that had been around for 50 years, you know, there were a lot of core beliefs and values that they implemented that Enviroscapes did as well. And the big thing was professionalism, you know, and even now I've only got one or two guys depending on help I've got, but you know, we all have hats, uniforms, sweatshirts, you know, we, we dress appropriately. The trucks are clean. The equipment is presentable, you know, um, you know, those basic things, you know, uh, Paul, honestly, um, as my new business, Moonlight Property Management, you know, I, I don't advertise and I don't mean that to be uh, to sound, you know, uppity uh, in any way. But, um, you know, my name and reputation is what has sold me for many years. You know, we are all word of mouth, you know, because I purchased a, a legacy business. They associated me with that business. You know, now I've shifted to my own brand, but it's the same core business. Um you know, it's, it's quality work, which, you know, I know that, yes, everybody does quality work, but, you know, do quality work and look presentable. Um, you know, I used to get teased because I would wear polo shirts when I worked, you know, and I wear khaki dickies, but it's because I want to present that level of professionalism. You know, I have higher dollar, um, residential clients. We do high end residential work. Um, you know, I, I love watching, you know, the Paul Camara stuff on Instagram, you know, that is the style of work. A lot of our properties, you know, I aspire to be, but you know, we want to look that way. If you show up, you know, with guys with sleeves cut off and mismatched clothes and, you know, and listen, if all you can afford is older equipment, that's fantastic. But, you know, you got to keep it looking nice. You know, in Viroscapes, everything was branded. Everything was in uniform. You know, I have a policy with my employees, you know, we are in uniform, you know, we don't smoke on the job site. It's that presentation, you know, we, we want a higher end client base. So we have to present ourselves as a higher end service provider. 
where I live, Max, where we have the, uh, the green industry podcast studio, where we film this, they have a company they hired to do the landscaping. And literally this guy shows up. I mean, religiously, he's got a black and mild, you know, out, out of the corner of his mouth and uh, sure. boxers are hanging out. And I, I'm sitting there looking out the window, you know, recording the green industry podcast, like just, it, it motivates me to share these, these basics of quality work, you know, look presentable yeah. hats, uniforms. Uh, I mean, to, to you and me, that's like a no brainer khaki pants, you know, whatever brand works for you. You said you like Dickies or whatever khaki pants and a golf shirt. Like that's, that's so common if you want to be in the high end residential Atlanta market. And, uh, yet, you know, it's rare, uh, to see that uh, across the board. It makes yeah, a huge if, difference. You know, I- I, uh, I'm very blessed that I've got, uh, I've got a, a very high end neighborhood, uh, North of us in, in the Richfield area. And I have a core client I've had for many years. We did his complete install when he built the new house. I mean, I did, we did the sod, the lighting, the planting, the outdoor kitchen, the, I mean, everything really from, from bare dirt to finished product. And I've picked up four or five accounts in that very high end neighborhood just because I'm there every Thursday and I bag the grass. You know, I just because, you know, I, I run Walker mowers, um, you know, now it takes more time. They cost more money, but the, you know, for me, the result far exceeds, you know, I don't have time to double cut. I would rather, you know, bag and suck up debris, but because of the quality of that yard, you know, I had a guy stop me last year that owns two houses on the same street and just said, Hey, I've been trying to find somebody to make my house look like this can I just have you do this next year? You know, and that was a conversation. I threw him a price for full, for full service. And, uh, he's one of my best clients. You know, he's great. There's no discussion point, but because I present myself, I have a clean truck. I have a nice trailer. I do good work, you know, and that's all he wanted. We didn't discuss price. He just said, shoot me a number. That sounds fair. It's yours. Take it over. Sounds like this guy's good. Uh, good negotiator. That's, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's based on owning two houses on the same street in this neighborhood. I, uh, he's clearly done just fine. I'm sure I've, uh, you know, could have done more, but you know, I want to be fair. That's the whole point with this industry too. You know, I hear, uh, Corey Ballard say it all the time and I agree with him. Um, well, I can only charge X in this neighborhood. Um, you know, after 20 years of doing this, when people say, you know, well, so-and-so can do it for $25, I'm like, fantastic. Call them back. I'm not the service provider for you. Amen. Um, you know, I mean, I raised all my prices, you know, I, and again, I looked at the economy. We looked at fuel, we looked at labor and I raised my prices accordingly. And you know what? Nobody said no. My margins are actually improved for this year. Um, you know, so it's, but you know, that's based on doing quality work. You can't just jump the price and and not follow through, you know? So it's, um, you know, that's been a big part of it. And honestly, Paul, you know, I, I was late to listening to podcasts. I was late to this game and, um, there's a lot of content out there, but I think, you know, through you, and then I started listening to Fullerton and he and I actually correspond a decent bit back and forth on, on Instagram. Um, you know, we are about the same age. We run basically the same, you know, vague dollar amount, um, same truck, you know, and looking to him, you know, I, I asked him a couple of years ago, I said, how did you go to charge card on file? And he said, I just did it, you know, cause I was having payment issues. So, you know, this year I did the same thing and you know what, other than a couple of the older ladies that we've had since 1965 that 
pay with a check religiously, you know, charge card on file, price increase. I mean, keeping that cash flow going has really made for a pretty good year. Again, even being low on labor. When you have the card on file, Max, are you charging them like on the first of the month for the work that you haven't even done already? Or what, what have you found you were able to do there in, in Northeast Ohio? I charge at the end of the month. Um, so I do, um, you know, I like to basically I, I've run into issues in the past after 20 years of doing this. I don't want to have an issue of, you know, they've prepaid for a service, you know, weather circumstances come up and then you get a questioning back and forth. So I found with the card on file at the end of the month, it's been easier for me because, you know, you know, you know, I've got a date. We perform the service on this date. Here's what you're being charged for. Um, you know, most of my, I, I maintenance 65 properties a week and, um, I've got, you know, five commercial sites and, uh, but most of my residential clients we've had for a very long time. So they pay an eight month, uh, payment plan, which includes, uh, mowing and leaf cleanup, uh, you know, spring and, you know, spring cleanup is always an additional fee, uh, you know, for edge and mulch. Um, but, you know, it's, it's very predictable money for eight or nine months a year. You know, I've got a lot of friends in this area that have, um, uh, say a command. No, thank you, Siri. Um, that have decided to get into, you know, construction only commands like cold call construction only, um, and getting out of maintenance. And you know what? I shifted the other way and actually got out of a lot of landscape installation because I can't find the bodies to help do the work. Sorry. And I would rather be in the, Hey Siri, shut up. I know. I That's what I get for accidentally bumping the steering wheel. Uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> you know, but, but even that shift, you know, I, I love doing landscape work. I love trimming and, you know, mulching and doing patios and everything else, but every, all my guys quit in May. Uh, you know, everybody quit the end of May this year. So I was uh, solo for, from May till August till I found a guy. So, uh, you know, it just, it's, it's how the times work, you know, for all of you out there in need of plants for your landscape projects or garden centers. Let me tell you about my good friend, Willie with A's ornamental nursery located in sunny South Florida. They have a 65 acre nursery with a team of buyers on board, ready to locate any plants you may need from one gallon plants all the way to field grown. It's 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you're in the state of Florida, they can personally deliver the product directly to you. They also ship nationwide for all of you who are outside of state. So when you think of beautiful tropical plants, think A's Ornamental Nursery. You got to check them out on Instagram at A's Ornamental Nursery and let them know that Paul sent you. Designed for landscaping professionals, the Z700 Series zero-turn mowers from Kubota are the best in class in performance, productivity, comfort, and durability. You'll love the commercial-grade engines, durable spindle assembly, and a low profile with 14-inch wheels. You can count on Jobber to keep your business organized. Manage your business and back and forth with customers from one place. Estimate, quote, schedule, invoice, get paid, no software experience required. Friends, you can save 20% off your first six months at getjobber.com forward slash Paul or click on the link in today's show notes to try out the business management software that I've been using for years, Jobber. Ever wish you could monitor your vehicles, drivers, and equipment in live time to improve routes, enhance job site planning, and save your business money? 
Well, with GPS Track It, your wish is our command. When you integrate GPS Track It with your company vehicles, you get a 24-7 view of your vehicles, so you operate at crazy levels of efficiency. It's money-saving, peace of mind lawn and landscaping companies deserve. Ever wish every day was Donut Friday? Us too, but we can't help with that. Talk with one of our fleet advisors. No pressure, no hassle. Call 1-844-996-2518 or visit gpstrackit.com slash Paul to learn more. GPS Track It. I want to dive a little deeper into your pricing. You mentioned 65 customers, eight months out yep. of the year. So, are, and, and, and you're charging their card on file at the end of the month. So is it in a regular Correct. price or is it always say $400 at the end of every month and it, it, that number stays the same for all eight months? How do you work that? Yeah. So I have of, of 65 clients, uh, 30 of them are pay the same fixed rate for eight months. Um, as soon as November 1st hits um, for the uh, per occurrence clients, we switch to leave time. You know, so we start going, we go to an hourly rate. It's the mowing plus hourly leaves on top of it. And then same, we charge a, you know, a rate to curbside pick up all the leaves. But yeah, so we charge for eight months, 30 of those clients pay the same dollar amount. And then once we go, if we continue to do work through December, as of December 1st, they then become an hourly client. You know, that way we're not eating it. You know, you know how Ohio can be, it can either be snowing the 1st of December, or it might be, you know, 50 degrees until Christmas, you know, and they still want work done. So after November 30th, any client becomes an hourly client just to, to make sure, you know, we're not uh, losing too bad on the, the prorated plan. Got it. Uh, LeBron James, he uh, went to your high school. I know his house has yeah. got to be nearby uh, where you're working. It is. T- tell us some some LeBron stories and, and why you're not uh, out there on his on his property with that walker yet. Yeah, I know. I'll tell you what, I think it's probably, you know, I was, uh, I have no shame, Paul. So that's first thing you have to keep in mind. Uh, I was actually the school mascot uh, his senior year. And I went to St. Vincent, St. Mary High School, home of the Fighting Irish. Uh, I am a, I am a half Italian, half uh, Czechoslovakian brunette man uh, that wore a leprechaun costume without a mask. So, you know, we were stretching a little bit, but, uh, you know, it was a pretty wild time to be in high school. You know, all our home games were switched to the jar. You know, our high school home games had 5,000 people, you know. And you're, um, you're playing on ESPN against Oak Hill and uh, was that right. LeBron Jr.'s year or senior year? I mean, it was, it was absolutely crazy. I, I would go, that was, go ahead. Oh yeah, no. Well, they had uh, his junior year. They played at Oak Hill. It was on TV, and then his senior year, they played in Cleveland. So we got to go to the game. Uh, and it was pretty wild. And you know, this is pre-camera phone days. This is the old school. Uh, you know, we're dating ourselves now. This is the old school. You know, Kodak winded up single shots, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the, I met Dick Vitale, Jerome Bettis. We actually we had a game at Canton Fieldhouse. That's against yeah, that's the Jones. Yeah, so we played at Canton Fieldhouse, and the grumblings were that the Lakers were in town and Shaq and Kobe were coming to the game. We all laughed. We said, there's no way. But halfway through the first quarter, Orange, we're playing Orange, the point guard stops, just stops dribbling. Just And we're like, what is happening? You know that lower tunnel at Canton Fieldhouse, how you enter the floor? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, out of the tunnel comes Shaq in an all-purple 
like velour sweats. I remember this. I remember this. He comes up and he sat right in the middle of our student section, you know, with a security guard providing like a buffer all the way around. And our cheerleaders, instead of doing stunts and cheering, were each trading off a camera and they would hoist a cheerleader up and they'd snap a picture of Shaq. And then they'd lower her down and she'd switch cameras. Wow. I remember that he was at the field house. Um, That's home of where Mm -hmm. Kent McKinley played there. Cool, cool basketball arena. Uh, Growing up as a kid, my grandpa, well, my dad's friend Ted would give us tickets. And my grandpa would take me and we'd watch Kent McKinley. Um, They were pretty good. And then LeBron came along. And I remember when Shaq came to town. That's so cool. Yeah, I was sitting at the game. We all thought it was. We said, there's no way, no way in heck that, uh, you know, Shaq is going to come to a high school game. And, you know, I was wrong, like usual. But, uh, you know, pretty, pretty wild time, you know, to... You know, it's a weird perception. You look back and, you know, there was a, the press announcement there when he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. You know, I got to be interviewed on Fox 8 News in the morning. You know, it was, it was, it was pretty neat. You know, it was a cool time, you know, especially pre-social media. You know, it was a neat time to hear the slow rumblings and how people found out about it. You know, it was, it was, it was pretty neat. Well, yeah, and it was pre-social media. So we started they, in Ohio. Sports is a big deal. So there's always hyping up, you know, the kid down the, the street that's good at football or basketball or baseball or whatever. You kind of get used to everyone always over, being overhyped. And we start hearing about this kid, LeBron. And I, I'm so arrogant. I'm thinking I'm better than LeBron. Like, bring it on. You know, I can shoot a three, I'm good, but whatever. So my right. friend, Ashley Druckenbrod, played on a AAU team, Max, called the Sharpshooters. And they had a they had a girls team and a boys team. Well, LeBron and and um, what's the skinny kid? Drew Joyce, maybe point guard. Yeah, he was really yeah. Drew was Drew was the, he was the, the point guard at the time. He was you know like five eight, you know one hundred and forty pounds at the time. Or yeah, something. real skinny. Well, anyway, they were on the sharpshooters man's team or boys team, and so we would go. And Ashley had the schedule, and so nobody knew his AAU schedule or the press wasn't there. So I'd go, and the gym would basically be empty because they. The, the inner city kids didn't have, you know, a bunch of uh, family there. You know what I mean? So it was literally just like the team. And he comes walking in in a Los Angeles Lakers jersey. Go figure. And he was wearing it in high school. It was a Jerry right. West jersey. And I was like, my cousins hit me in the elbow. He's like, that's him. That's him, Paul. That's him. And I was like starstruck because he carried himself like he was the greatest player ever when he was in high school. And uh, so I'm sitting there and he's watching the game before and I'm just mesmerized by, I was like, this guy is so cocky. Like he thinks he's so good. And so then the, the, the kids game before gets over Max and and LeBron comes out and they're doing warmups and I'm still, I'm sitting at half court. Jim's basically empty. It's basically just the players and a couple refs and and us knuckleheads. And and I'm sitting there, I was like, LeBron, you suck. And I'm sitting there talking, literally talking trash to him. And all these other high school kids are doing like traditional layups and LeBron gets the ball and he goes from half court, he dribbles and he throws down this dunk. I thought the hoop was going to break. And then he just stared at me and he, and he, from underneath the hoop <laughs> until again, I'm at the half court thing from underneath the hoop to half court. He just stares me down and he jogs towards me and he stares at me and he walks right up to me. And my cousin's like, I, he's an idiot. He's an idiot, man. You're good. You're good. And I'm sitting there. And from that moment on, I was like, okay, this guy's really, really good. And then I humbled myself <laughs> afterwards and I walked up to him and I, uh, he, he autographed my shoe. So I was like, Hey man, uh, you might give me an autograph. And he, he just kind of laughed and he, he gave me his autograph, but uh, that was my first time seeing him. And then many times after that, you know, in high school, I watched him play and I was like, this guy, I'd never seen anything like it. I mean, in high school, I knew he was going to be 
you know, Jordan, like he's, he was unbelievable in high school. Well, like you said, you, you take it for granted. You know, we were having a lot of fun. I got to be the mascot. I got floor passes to all the big games. I got to meet all these, you know, meet celebrities. You know, it was a pretty cool time to, you know, be in high school. It was, it was definitely an experience. Now, you know, now, now back to, back to his property though. Cause he, he obviously has a house okay. in, in LA, but he's got that house up in Bath, Ohio still. Correct. He does. Yeah. So, so what, why isn't the Walker out there yet? Oh, I know. Well, you know, see, it's, uh, uh, you know, the company that did the install, they've had that on lock for a long time and it's, uh, you know, Oh, uh, sizable property. There's a gym on the backside. You know, it's, uh, at this point, if I would get that contract, I'd probably have to get rid of about 64 and a half of my existing client base, I think, to maintenance it properly. Yeah, well, I know the company you're talking about. They're from my hometown and they, you know. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. Pretty- and, and I'll tell you what, it looks impeccable. If you're ever up there, they uh, they do not screw around. You know, they do a beautiful job maintaining that pro- property. So do they still have a police officer standing, a live human standing there guarding the property like they did back back when I was up that way? They do. The guardhouse is always occupied and uh, they're always there. And, you know, and honestly, as a tangent off of, you know, of, you know, area, uh, I mean, the area, you know, fairly well, um, there are uh, quite a few, uh, you know, large scale, high end landscape companies. You know, I, I hear some of the guys on, on your show and, uh, you know, some of the guys on, on green grind and, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, in our area, there's not a ton of people, you know, where we are, it's a, I don't want to say a saturated market, but you know, there are a lot of high quality, large scale, you know, landscape operations up here. And, uh, you know, I feel very proud that I've been able to, to hold the, uh, you know, the neighborhoods that I've had, you know, that I can continue to, as a small company, continue to be on the level of some of these big guys. Um, cause it, it is very competitive and it, and not on the, not on the cheap end, you know, on the, on the high end, on the high dollar service provider end. Um, you know, we, there are a lot of good companies in this area, you know, I mean, it's a lot of old money. Um, you know, are you familiar, Paul, with Stan Hewitt Hall and Gardens? Yes, sir. Okay. So, um, 35 of my properties are, are right there around Stan Hewitt, you know, wow. so it's, um, uh, you know, it's a lot of, you know, uh, former Goodyear and Firestone executive houses. And we've been fortunate, you know, I'm 35 years old uh, and those neighborhoods now in the 20 years I've been in business have started to cycle. You know, the older residents have have moved or passed. And now we've got 40 somethings that are moving in that are now renovating these houses, redoing the lawns, adding patios, adding pergolas. So because I've been an anchor in that neighborhood with a couple of friends of mine in our companies, um, you know, a lot of us have been able to cycle through two or three owners of the same house, you know, that we were able to stay on because somebody comes in and says, well, it looks nice now. Why don't you just keep it looking nice? Mm-hmm. Are you a golfer at all, Max? I am. Yeah. Have you ever got to play Firestone? I, I remember when they used to have the NEC Invitational when I was in high school, that place was immaculate. They did a great job back in the day when Tiger was it, in his prime. It is still immaculate. No, I never have. Um, I, my cousin used to live on the North course. So we would 
sneak over once in a while and play like two holes and run back over the fence. But uh, (laughs) that, that one's not as nice. I've, I I got, I used to be a golf caddy and they're like, you're caddying today at Firestone. I was all fired up. I was like, Oh sweet. And I was like, man, this guy, I I caddied at Congress Lake. I was like, Congress Lake is nicer than this dump. But the other course, the South course, I got the caddy Uh, there, man. uh, That one was immaculate. So nice. At the time when I worked at, uh, for Todd Pugh, my boss at the Akron branch used to be the head groundskeeper at, uh, Firestone. Wow. And, and, uh, which actually then also, you know, great knowledge of, you know, turf grass, fertilization, all that stuff. But yeah, I, I used to live, I I've lived in an apartment, uh, about a mile down the road from Firestone for four or five years when I was in college. You know, so, and a friend's mom always had company tickets. You know, we would get to go to the course. I'd park in my uncle's driveway. We'd walk around. Yeah, beautiful. You know, it's, although now at this point, I've got two beautiful children and a lovely wife. So if I golf twice a year, it's uh, a miracle. I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's a nice course. Well, do you have any advice? And if you have to go, just let me know. I I, I could talk shop all oh, day, no, man. This yeah. is, this is, no, no, you're a fine. Lot, I, I, a lot of people, but I wanted to ask you what, um, one piece of practical advice you give to somebody who's starting out. And I mean, I'm, I'm talking there in year one or two, or even max, I got guys that I'm kind of coaching behind the scenes that uh, next year in, in the spring, they're going to go full time and they're leaving their sure. cushy 40 hour week job benefit, you know, salary to go full time. What, what's your practical advice to those guys who are just starting out? You know, I hear this echoed all the time, but it's the truth. Um, you know, you, you've, really, really, really know your worth, know your value. You know, I've got a, I've got a friend that's fairly new in the business, but I've also been kind of, uh, you know, I guess mentoring or, you know, giving advice to just, just as a friend and, uh, you know, some of the prices they pull out just, you know, it's not worth it. Um, but you know, know your numbers, know your value. And, and, you know, you don't have to be, intense and be, you know, enviroscapes and know everything. But, you know, even as something as simple, you know, I just do all my timesheets on a basic Excel spreadsheet. And then monthly, I keep track of the total time. And then at the end of every year, I compare my time based on my dollar amount I'm charging. You know, I've got some properties that I really don't like that much, but I perform them at, you know, $110 an hour. So I can't get rid of them. I have other properties I think I make a bunch of money on that when you actually budget it through, you know, I'm not, losing money, but I'm not maybe making a ton, uh, you know, just even some simple timekeeping, you know, your time is valuable. I mean, I have friends up here that, that charge by the minute. Um, and they do that every week. Uh, so when it comes you know, to tracking your time, you, you get to miss a Smith's property and then, uh-huh. they, and then you type into your Excel spreadsheet, you know, it's 10 7 AM and then you get done and it's 11 45, you type in 11 45 and you had do you type in how many, how many employees were on the job or like, how are you keeping track right. of all this? Yeah. So I, I use, uh, I use six minute time intervals. That way it gives you tenths of an hour. So it's easier math. Um, you know, so I, I always use six minute time intervals, uh, tenths of an hour, you know, times employees on the property. Um, you know, and, and again, uh, you know, I use paper sheets for 20 years or, you know, 19 years. I switched to, you know, an Excel spreadsheet on a tablet. Again, it's fairly basic, but you know, it's easy to copy and paste for that next week. You've always got your, your data log is always in your hand. You know, you can, if someone questions it, I, I tab the week prior. No, I was here on Thursday at uh, 10, 12, you know, you can't, and I was here for, you know, 42 minutes. Mm-hmm. You can't say I didn't do it. Yep. You know, good. cause that's, and that's the biggest thing. And, you know, just documentation, you know, my, my beautiful wife uh, worked in medical billing. 
um, prior to being a teacher. And she is very much has, you know, ingrained in me documentation, you know, proof, you need proof, whether that's that you performed a task paid for something, you know, so there, I just, for any of these new guys, you know, proof, log your time, log your receipts. It's very basic stuff. But if you can't prove on something that you were on site, it's your word against theirs. Um, you know, and same with, you know, change orders. You know, I've been threatened to be sued by people because they want me to do the edge and mulch. I tell them it's going to be X dollars. Well, when I'm there, well, uh, can you add two shrubs here? Sure. Well, can we actually add a bed around this tree? Sure. That's three more yards of mulch. And then at the end of it, you give them a bill that's X plus $500. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We agreed to this. I'm like, yeah, but you added planting <laughs> and mulch. And they're like, well, your quote says, X dollars. Oh my gosh. You know, and it's, you know, I've had people that will, I will mail them, you know, I used to mail paper invoices. I will mail them an invoice and they will mail it back to me amended with hours deducted off. And what they believe is the dollar amount that I am, you know, so, so, so don't put it past people. So just, you know, for the new guys, just documentation, even if it's a spreadsheet, even if it's a notebook, you know, write it down, keep it with you. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's sort of, it's, it's cheesy, but you know, uh, um, oh gosh, uh, Paul helped the Simon Pegg movie. Uh, he's the cop in England. Uh, well, it, but he, it'll come to me when I hang up the phone with you, but, uh, you know, but document everything. Cause it's going to come in handy. So, you know, for the new guys getting started and you know, what? and, and don't be scared. I mean, it's scary. You know, I started a business. I bought a company in 2020. Hot, hot fuzz. Hot fuzz. Yes, exactly. Hot fuzz. Thank you. You know, they make fun of him for writing everything down, but it serves him in the end. Uh, but you know, I bought a business in 2020. I didn't know the world was going to shut down. Um, and it did, but, uh, we stayed open and honestly, we've had our three most profitable years the last three years. Wow. But you know, I took a chance and my wife believed in me that we could feed our family and two children off of me mowing, you know, Mrs. Jones grass every week. Um, you know, and we have and continue to thrive. You know, you, there's always risk, you know, with no risk, there's no reward. So, you know, now I wouldn't spend a in a business if you don't have it. It's scary. Okay. You're going to fail on some stuff. It's okay. Failure is important. Um, as you know, you talked about your story, you know, I was listening last week. Failure is important. Failure builds character and failure makes you go, Ooh, this was the wrong price this was the wrong process. You know, it's, uh, there's so much information now on social media uh, of how it's done perfectly and how it's done. Right. Um, you know, no one tells you how they do it wrong other than maybe, you know, Caleb Bauman and gas and I, or what, you know, but other than that, you know, uh, you know, failure is okay. That's what people need to remember. Well, guys, I really appreciate Max sharing his expertise with us on today's program. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Green Industry Podcast. We will continue this conversation with Max. He is definitely a wealth of knowledge and he's learned from his mistakes in this industry. As he mentioned, my buddy Caleb Allman and, and, uh, you know, myself and so many of us in those early days, this was way before podcasting and, and social media where we shared the information that we share now more frequently and consistently and just rich quality content is, is out there to help us grow our businesses. That wasn't the case when we were growing up. 
and we had something called the Dewey Decimal System. So most of y'all don't even know what that is. <laughs> we had to go to the library and look up in this Dewey Decimal System. There was no Google or Alta Vista or whatever they had back back you know in the day. You had to go to the library and you had to get the book, and, and it was a lot more clunkier to obtain information. And so nowadays, when we share on this information on these podcast guys, it can save you so much time and, and headaches that you can miss out on if you actually apply what we talk about. And one thing that Max emphasized, and my mentor reiterated this so frequently when I was getting started in business, is that you're in the business of selling time. So you need to track your time. When you get to Mrs. Smith's property and you clock in and it's 10 a.m. and you clock out and it's 11 a.m., I'm giving super simple math here. Well, then you know you spent one hour, one man hour on Mrs. Smith's property. Well, if you have a second person working with you and you were there for an hour, well, then you had two man hours on that property. And when you have those clean records of your time for an entire season, then you can see what your average was on her property and you can compare how many man hours you spent on that property versus how much you charged. And you can have a real accurate data, uh, data point of what you're earning per man hour on that property. So to make this as simplified as possible, we've actually shared the spreadsheet that I've personally created and used. And my friend, Dr. Frank helped to really spruce it up and, and, and run some, um, math, mathematical equations that only he knew how to do on the spreadsheet where you can type in the time you arrive at a property, the time you leave the property, how many men, uh, you know, how many employees were there and it will automatically calculate. Let's say you get there at 10, 17 AM you leave at 11, 23 AM. You had three employees there. It will automatically run your man hours. And then you put in what your rate was for that property. And then it will actually show you what you're earning per man hour on that property. It's super sophisticated. I'm beyond grateful that my friend, Dr. Frank helped me to take this to the next level. A little short history on the price, the price matrix spreadsheet is it started for me on um, a paper like max. I, I just had time in time out and you know, the date, just basic information. It was called a log sheet. And I kept these in paper format. Literally every day I would fill it out at every property. And then I would eventually put that into a spreadsheet, but once I started making a spreadsheet and putting it straight into the Google Sheets, it sped up that process. And then Dr. Frank helped to really fine tune it to, to kind of run all the data for me. So anyway, if you want that template, it's a, you can use it on Microsoft Excel. You can use it on Google Sheets uh, to time log and to see what you're earning per man hour on the properties. It's called the Pricing Matrix Spreadsheet. And you'll also get a tutorial video with it of, of how to use it. And um, if you have any questions, just email me. I'll, I can walk you through it. I know not all of us are uh, spreadsheet nerds like my friend, Dr. Frank Holloman, who just gets a kick out of, you know, I, I was telling him about the pricing matrix and he's like, oh, I can, I could do this and I could do that. And I was like, that's impossible. I literally thought it was impossible. And he's like, no, 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 no. And like, it took him like three days and he figured out how to run all these crazy calculations that make it so we know exactly what we're earning per property, per man hour. We're, it's super simplified. So all we got to do is basically type in what time we get there, what time we leave after we put the basic information on what we're car charging per customer. So anyway, I know that was a whole lot on, uh, on numbers, but uh, it's so important, guys, that we know our numbers. So check out the pricing matrix spreadsheet calculator. Uh, you can get that template and make it your own by visiting the resource center 
Uh, it's under the business document section over there at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. So thanks for listening to today's show, guys. We'll have more with Max on the next episode of Green Tree Podcast. Smash that follow button, turn on the bell for notifications, and hope to catch you on the next episode. You need to increase your prices to earn more, but you better do it correctly or your customers will become unhappy. You want to discover the proven method to easily increase your prices? I've assembled the Price Increase Letter Template. It's a plug-and-play document that will allow you to inform your customers in the correct way so that they understand why and will gladly accept your price increase. You can pick up the Price Increase Letter Template today at the Resource Center at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. Hey, it's Marty, producer of the Green Industry Podcast. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services that you heard about during the episode. And thanks for listening.